Hey guys, it's me Casper from Massachusetts. So, um, I have some things I want to say, or some good news I would like to share. So I have an art exhibition coming up on May 17th, and it's happening in a local area, and I found a place that was very nice, and that would allow me to show the artwork of some of the students who I worked with during the year, earlier this year and part of last year. It was a lot of fun. Um, uh, So basically, I was doing a little workshop throughout the year earlier and part of last year teaching blind and visually impaired students how to do photography without special camera effects of that nature. Um, It started off how I got connected with all of this was over a radio show that I was featured on. Um, I'll put a little piece of that um, segment where I was featured on that radio in the past to talk about, you know, just to give you an idea of how it all started. So before I go on to do that, I'd like to say thanks to everybody who's listening to my podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Spotify and all those other releases up like other places. Um, So basically, yeah, I'm going to give you guys a synopsis of how everything started, along with some voicemails from other listeners near and far. started this whole chain of thought process going in my mind where I'm almost thinking and maybe you've done this before but if you haven't maybe it's a food for thought for more advanced photography for the blind but my 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 thought is this once once these folks graduate out of the classroom so to speak and they have a really good rudimentary understanding of adapting their skill sets in order to take decent photographs Uh, And maybe in most cases to them, they're perfect photographs. So I'm envisioning myself outside by myself with a camera and a huge passion to get some really awesome pictures. Now, I'm picturing myself as totally blind and I'm walking around, say, a public venue and I hear a couple sitting on a bench, let's say, or just talking back and forth. And it sounds like really poignant, whatever it might be, whether it's a heated argument, whether it's a, you know, like it's a maybe a romantic conversation, maybe it's just this real heated conversation. And I want to try and get a picture that I feel in my mind might reflect that. And there's nobody around me that can show me what to do. Give us an idea of how you might approach that situation if you could please. Well, I've actually done that before. So basically, (laughs) so basically what I would do is I was, I would get an undershot and that is where you would just put the camera like hunched down and point in the direction or close to the direction of the voices that you hear and snap it from the ground up. Basically, yeah, like from so below and awesome. up. That is cool. That's cool. 
So, Bob, we she's probably actually kind of answered your question a little bit more, too, with outsided people and not talking about formal technique and training and stuff. This would be an actual live situation, which I assume, Cassandra, even already some of your students have probably expressed the desire to keep this going outside of the classroom. Am I right on that? Absolutely. Yeah. They've spent, like, their whole, like, weekends doing that. And, you know, a lot of my students had expressed how excited they were to do photography and they were kind of bummed that it was finished and everything for the summer. And, you know, they look forward to doing more and they talked about it to other people that may that inquired about joining. Um, And some have even decided that they wanted to actually go to like school to do photography, even despite their blindness. Right. And that says a lot right there. Sure (laughs) does. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and you can thank yourself and the people around you who created this uh, venue of, of self-confidence boost for them as, as the source of them wanting to get out there and want to do more. I think that's totally, it's, it's not only awesome, but it's amazing to me. Cassandra, what kind of technology is used? Is it a sophisticated digital technology? No, it's just, no, like nothing sophisticated. Um, you can just use a regular digital camera. It doesn't have to be like a $3,000 Nikon. You can just go to Target and get like one of those little Canon cameras with a um, SD card and battery pack for about $108. Or sometimes you're lucky and find one for $85 and get started. That's it. One of, the, right. one of the things that puzzles me too, Cassandra, I'm not sure if you've how you treat this type of situation, but um, I see limited, for anybody who's really into numbers and, and ratios, I see 20 over 800 in one eye, which is 40 times less than somebody with 20-20 vision. That means literally that for every one foot, add 40 to um, the cl- the depth in which I'm able to see something. So if, if, if I see an object, Cassandra, that maybe is actually 10 feet away, that would, to a sighted person, look like they were seeing it at the same size at about 400 uh, feet away. So I depend a lot on zoom. When I'm looking through the back of my, and I'll plug it, uh, because I love the brand Canon uh, uh, PowerShot camera, so it's basically a point and shoot. I do have a zoom capability, and so to me, when I take pictures, from my perspective, they always look huge to a sighted person's perspective. Um, how do you basically, or do you encourage, discourage, or n- neither a person you, to use Zoom? Because I imagine if they don't use Zoom, they get a heck of a lot more of what they're, in other words, the camera is much more forgiving, right? If I'm using wide angle on on an object, uh, basically, you know, if I'm trying to capture something, the the, the less zoom I'm using, the wider the angle, the more forgiving the camera is going to be. Is that correct? Correct. I would encourage, I absolutely encourage students to do whatever makes it fun for them. Zoom in, zoom out. some would even get very creative and invert colors, which would be completely, you know, their way of expressing their own creativity. I'd say, you know, zoom in if you want, like some students 
only took really large pictures and that's pretty that's really cool too that's completely innovative and creative on their own and so it's great to have a variety of photography expression perspective sure. yeah. yes expressing yourself is one of the key motives in these classes like be expressive don't stay confined to one spot spread out Cassandra we have blind people listening to our program all over the United States obviously your class is in Brookline Massachusetts and I actually have friends in Brookline who I can talk to about this but what would you suggest to people that are living out of state who are hearing you now who say gee I, I wish we had something like that in my own state my own city because I can't just go up to Brookline Mass anytime I feel like it take your course <laughs> I would say, you know, whenever you're, you get some time, you would just, you know, like, you could either use an iPhone um, to take photos, or you can get a digital Canon camera, a small pocket size one. If you have any camera around at all, like, you just, you know, experiment with objects at home or places near your house and create your own experimental courses just to you know get get everything you know get the engine going you know and you know self-motivation and build as well from a distance and then you know begin tracking what you do like document it save the things you put like save the photos you take um and keep trying until you know if there are more more than one person like one more than one individual who know each other in another state um, and they're close by, you know, they can get to each other, perhaps starting a, a group photography session in their other state, and they'll just meet together at a local cafe or something and talk about it and do some indoor experimenting and then branch out outdoors, you know, create other areas of, you know, like fun experiments. I hope that answers. Um, yes. I, if I can follow up a bit, though, Cassandra, um, any thoughts to or is there by your group that's obviously blazing a big trail over there um, to, like, put something up online or to offer some sort of instructional tutorial for potential teachers in other areas that they could use as a guide? Um, yeah. We're definitely going to work on putting some of the work online, and I've already created a slideshow of some of the guiding techniques for potential instructors and students that want to go in that route. So all of that is in the process of being developed. Tremendous. Yes. And I think we have some callers that want to talk to you, Cassandra. We got two. Nice. Uh, let me identify them. Okay, who would be? Who would like to go first? I'm Sharon Hooley. Sharon, uh, Sharon Hooley, I remember you. You used to have a column in Consumer Vision a long time ago. Yeah, um, I'm totally blind, but I'm still, still kind of interested. I've never been able to see, but... You know, just because you can't see it all doesn't mean you're not interested in what part of people see. Do you have a question for our guest, Sharon? Um, well, I heard you saying something about, 
you see your voice, know what things are, and that was, that was just after I joined, so, is that, uh, is that basically for people with some vision? Um, I mean, audio cues can work for some with either a little little bit of vision vision or or none at all. all. It varies varies with the uh, the, uh, the student. student. Yeah, um, I guess in my case, um, I have a little difficulty with echolocation because of my hearing, and, um, so... I guess people would just have to tell me, you know, you, you got it done right. I'll tell you something interesting I did. When I was 11 years old, I told my brother that I wanted a camera. I, I saw, you know, my sister had a camera and she'd go around take a picture. And I told my brother that I wanted a camera for Christmas. So he gave me one. And what I did was I, one of the things I did was I laid down on the floor straight out, put a, uh, a book under my head, and then get up and, and get behind that book to picture. I don't know if it always works, but what I tried to do. Sharon, uh, can I ask you a question? Did you ever show some of your photography to sighted people for feedback purposes? Um, I remember one of them, and uh, my mom, somebody said uh, was So it, it was probably just an autofocus, a focusing issue. Could be a focusing. But otherwise, was was the picture in a good enough perspective for what you were trying to take it in? Other than being blurred. Uh, well, I don't, I don't quite understand what you're saying, but if, if it's blurred, then it probably wasn't focused. You know, it's one of those little uh, cameras. No, okay. Sure. Um, about now, I'm I'm not trying to date your age or anything, Sharon, but about how was it more than 20 years ago that you did this? Uh, more like the, I'm 53 now. Okay, so we're talking about 40 years or so. So since then, Sharon, if you were to go out, and Cassandra, please correct me if I'm wrong here, you could probably go out and purchase, if you're able to, a relatively affordable point-and-shoot camera that will give you much, 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 much better um, auto-focusing. Yes, there are cameras that would automatically correct the lens. Was there anything else you wanted to ask, Sharon? Um, no, guess not. Well, thank you very much for calling. We have two other callers, believe it or not. Who's next? Would like to talk Ooh. to Andrew Xavier? Anybody else? I thought I heard two callers after you, Sharon. Pardon? Is there anybody else on the line right now that would like to talk to our guest? 
Cassandra, well, because um, I, I think, oh, Bob, maybe you had somebody. Go right ahead. Go ahead, Al. Okay, so Cassandra, just to follow up on Sharon's situation, it sounds, Sharon, as though you're very interested in taking another stab at this. And assuming that you might be entertaining it, doing it again, Cassandra, what, listening to how what Sharon said, uh, how what would what, what kind of advice would you give her to encourage her to do so, in a comfortable way? Um, a comfortable way, like if you were, for example, if you wanted to take a picture of someone, you can tell them to be very precise. Like you might, you know, for example, turn slightly right or left something like that because of the echolocation that may not be um, helpful or something. Right. So like being very specific about turning directions and how far out to stick your arm with the camera or something like that, that could definitely be one of the helpful and more comfortable um, tips for wanting to continue experimenting. Um, you just tell them to be, please be uh, very specific about where you're standing, like have you turn your body to the left a little bit? Yeah, like a turn 90 degree or something, yeah. And, and let me add too, uh, Sharon, perhaps for your benefit, in addition to what Cassandra said about the prices for introductory point and shoot cameras, I can tell you by personal experience that Canon is a very, very forgiving brand for autofocusing. So you almost can't, in my experience, go wrong by purchasing any Canon point-and-shoot camera. Any power shot camera, um, I assume the ELF line would also work, I, although I'm not sure how expensive that line is, but I found great experience with Canon myself. That's why. That's why I recommend camera. They're very, okay. they're very blind friendly or just friendly with camera, like photos, period. Okay, I think we have a caller now. Uh, hello, you're on in perspective with Cassandra Xavier. Hello. hello? Uh, oh, oh, it's Sharon. Sharon, you wanted to add something. Go right ahead. Oh, you can use an iPhone, too. Um, just so you know, you may not know this already, but when you have the photo, the camera open, you can press the up or down volume button that snaps the photo for you. That way, if depending on the size of your camera, you could have the camera in one hand. You can single-handedly take a photo by having it up and have your thumb no, on. No, actually, actually, if you notice um, on the camera, I don't know how it is now, but it will actually tell you how many faces are in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that. That's also one of the helpful things, too, is you can now use an iPhone for these kind of things. But, you know, like for some people, like I'm kind of one of those people that like to do the manual labor, like the traditional camera. I'm kind of like my father when it came to photography. 
he liked to use older cameras. But, you know, with iPhones and everything, that's also very forgiving, too. And so I kind of like to do mixed medium. Like, I, would, I wouldn't mind teaching either with the iPhone or the actual camera. In fact, I would encourage the students to use whatever they can get, either the Canon camera or the iPhone. Perfectly fine. Or even iPad, even. Cassandra, are there... Is, is there, I should ask, a specific application within the iPhone framework that you would encourage as being uh, simple and more blind-friendly than anything else in terms of, you, of photography from an iPhone? Um, you would basically just use the camera app. Okay. Yep. What's it called, iSight? Oh, no, just the um, camera app. Okay. okay. Mm. Cassandra, are your courses funded at all, or does the student have to pay out of pocket? Oh, no, they're funded. By who? By an organization in Roxbury. Um, our space, our place. Okay, now... Is this the only course that they fund, or is this just an organization that does a lot of other municipal and community things for everyone? They do a lot of other things. Okay. Now, how does one get involved with your course? Do they have to go through that organization, or do they contact you, or, or is there a classroom that you use in a school where you would have to contact the school? Um, you would contact the organization. Um, they're even they're also on Facebook too. You could reach out to them on Facebook as well as online. Um, and uh, we actually use a space out of the Tobin Community Center. So we use a room either upstairs or downstairs. Okay, so the student doesn't have to pay at all. It's sort of like nope. a scholarship that he gets or she gets. Correct. Oh, I see. Good, good. Um, Bob, did you um did you have any other questions for Cassandra regarding uh, photography for the blind? Previously on several episodes ago. Hey y'all, it's me Casper with an H from Alaska, Chusets with my good old friend Sam Mar and Momo Bites. Y'all. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> so yesterday we were having so much fucking fun. And it got crazy to the point where when I was creating a podcast episode, we just could not publish what we played back the next morning. Like, whoa, (laughs) it was so much fun. It was just crazy. I think it was too crazy for podcasts. So we decided we'd do a rerun and re-record a much pleasant, somewhat 
not so crazy version. So I guess um I don't know, Momo, if you wanna tell everybody how you're it's not funny, no. No. Dumb people dumb people children and everybody else going without water and you think it's a joke? It's not funny at all. Because it's not Steve funny. Harvey made a joke about them, but they went after him real quick. <laughs> right. Like that's not <laughs> funny. Imagine you are in a predicament that most of these people are in. Yeah, I wouldn't like that at all. That's not cool. You know, not so cool. I feel bad for them. And yeah, I feel bad for them. Like they got no water. They have to worry about whether it's going to infect them or not. That's not not cool. It's just a t- a load of poison that was crazy. But you know, I heard that they are uh, Flint is going to sue the U.S. government, like oh for my. for the damages. I hope they get all the the reparations that they deserve. Yeah, that they deserve, because they deserve every penny. Uh-huh. And more. Um, and another thing that America needs to work on is, you know, like, not only the um, the Flint thing, but also education. They keep on defunding public public education. I know. That's what, got, that's what gets on my nerves. Like, you need to put that money towards new textbooks. Like, these students, they got new textbooks, new technology. But that's, the money is going somewhere towards something else. I agree. And you're going to go send... No, I don't think not one red penny. Yes, I know that France helped us during a war some time ago. But right now, we have to worry about ours first. And then right. whatever residuals can possibly go to y'all. Just as long as our folks here are, are okay and well taken care of first. Exactly homelessness seniors going without the medication Ooh, and like the uh the diabetics that have to pay thousands of dollars for insulin in order to stay alive oh my goodness how about fix that too and that yeah. and that kind of hits home because my sister's diabetic and she's uh-huh. uh, 18 and she's about to be 18 years old in august so that kind of hits home for me I don't even think anybody, whether they're working or not, should have to pay to stay alive. Right. We should not have to pay to stay alive. Like, we should be giving free medication to those who can't get it. Especially if they don't got no job and they got that health condition. They don't know what these people got to go through. Mm Mm-hmm. They have to ration. A couple of, like, thousands of people have died because they had to ration their insulin. What type Uh, of BS is that? Like, like what kind of stuff is that? Like, I'm... Man, that just a hit home for me. Oh, yes. Um, I got a couple family members who are diabetics as well. So when I hear about this, I'm like, oh, really? You guys really actually trying to, like, fund another country's problem? Right. When you can be putting all that money towards things that actually matter. Right. France got, they got a lot of money. They have a whole lot of money. They don't need none of America's little old money. Like, America has its own problems enough, so... Right. Yeah, that was one thing that was, like, that's one thing with a bunch of things. That's, a t- like, a tortilla of things that I had weighing on my mind that I wanted to address on this podcast with you. And yes. I wanted to say thank you for letting me come on and say all of this because it's an important situation. Yes, yeah, very well, important, it's- and it's very current that needs to be addressed. Agreed. Um, so many I can go on about all the things that are necessary to get fixed instead of donating the money outside of US like 
uh, a whole lot of stuff of places that still haven't recovered from Hurricane Katrina. Right. Uh, all of that. We got our own stuff. You know, I don't want to sound selfish or anything, but it's clearly, it's clear as day mm-hmm. that these things need to be fixed. What are your, yeah. what are your thoughts? My, my thoughts is basically kind of like likewise, kind of like likewise to yours. It's like most of it, most, I hear the news all If you are interested in sharing a story or any feedback or whatever on whatever you just heard, um, either recently or like uh, hundreds of episodes ago, you can send me an email to casu305 at outlook.com. And I'll say it again, casu305 at Outlook.com. Hi. Hi, Casper. Hi. I have to introduce myself to you, which I'm so happy to do. I'm Jay Siobhan. I just found you in an interview with Coupon Queen Pen, and I have to say I loved you guys' interview. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the segment about being unapologetically you. And that should be a book (laughs) that you should write or a topic of your next podcast about being unapologetically you. Okay. And why apologize for being you when you're, when you yourself is so inspiring, so extraordinary. You have an extraordinary life and you're striving and it's such a blessing. And I just would love to work with you one day. You know, which would be up to you, but I would love to work with you one day. I love your spirit. So I'm wishing you love, showing you love, blessings, and much more success, okay? And you have another listener. I'm here, and I'm happy to be with all of them. On professionally... Casper, hello. It's Maria from Strong Body, Strong Soul. The app is acting strange, so you are probably hearing your own voice in the background right now on this message. The app has changed a little bit. In that, I did not get notification that you called me a couple of weeks ago now about how to turn your podcast into a video. So I wanted to let you know right now that I'm responding to your question by creating a little bit of an episode on Strong Body, Strong Soul. I'm calling it Turning Podcasts into YouTube Videos. I'm not going into that much detail, but I am you. Hey, thank you so much for your message. I love your podcast. Um, I definitely favorite your podcast. Um, please feel free to check out mine and hit the favorite button if you like what you hear. Um, thanks again. I love what you're doing on Anchor. Hi, Casper. Um, I'm interested in, um, you know, the interview. Um, whenever you get a chance, you know, um, probably tomorrow sometime around noontime, maybe we could talk and, um, set this thing up. So to everybody who wants to record, please let me know. You guys know where to find me. You can email me and or if you're using Anchor as well, you can find me on here. It's Casper with an H. Look for the photo of someone standing with a long white cane and swirly bluish greenish hair standing in front of a yellow backdrop. So that's who you should be looking for.